Welcome to David Clark's We Are Superman podcast, episode number 153. I am your host, Bill Stahl, and this is The Power Play. Well, I am just back from Leadville, a great weekend at the Leadville Trail 100 race, and uh, we'll tired. Um, definitely uh, body clock is, is off kilter here a whole lot, um, getting up there early on Saturday, and then basically all day Saturday up through the night uh, in the cold and uh, getting back. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like when you wake up at two in the afternoon, and uh, then I spent the rest of the day basically unpacking. Um, I was basically packed for working the day at the Winfield Aid Station, which is the 50-mile turnaround, and then staying through the night in the cold, and then potentially even uh, pacing someone. So uh, just so much crap in my car, and then of coolers and food, and just you know, it, it's kind of like coming back from a camping trip. If, uh, if if you're not familiar with ultra marathons, but more familiar with camping, so just a uh, lot lot to unpack, lot to clean up, etc. So uh, finally done with all that, kind of settle in a little bit. But um, first of all, before I get into uh, talking about. Leadville and uh, all the interesting events of this weekend. Uh, I just wanted to mention uh, my best wishes go out to the folks on the East Coast dealing with Hurricane Henry. It's kind of hitting in my old home stomping grounds there off of uh, Long Island uh, and then uh, heading up to New England. My folks actually were supposed to fly to Boston today to start a cruise off the New England coast and that had to be canceled because of the hurricane and I assume a lot of people are losing power. I haven't gotten any reports from uh, Long Island and New England, but uh, my best wishes out to everybody there. And then just a quick reminder, of course, we're coming up to the American Heroes Run, September 10th and 11th in Longmont. Invite you to challenge yourself on a very different kind of course from what Leadville is. Uh, instead of hills, this is a flat, fast course. And you can challenge yourself on distances including 5K, 9.11 miles, half marathon, marathon, 9 hours and 11 minutes, 24 hours and 100 miles. And uh, it, it's fun. Uh, we set up a big screen. You can track your progress each lap and see the progress of others in the same race. So um, it, it's a fun format. It, it, it sounds a little weird. Of course, it came from David's mind. So what do you expect? But uh, it actually uh, it worked, worked great last year. And we, we'd love to see you there again. Uh, we honor first responders, military service people, and veterans, and the lives lost in September 11th, as well, of course, as David himself. So um, you can also do a virtual option. You can sign up and get the same stuff as the people running the race in person. Uh, race shirt, finish award certificate, everything is on ultrasignup.com and search for the American Heroes Run. I'll have the exact link if you prefer in the show notes. So love to see you there. So any case, uh, Leadville was a very interesting uh, weekend. Uh, about 800 people towed the line to start the race at 4 a.m. on Saturday. I was kind of surprised at the low finishing rate, considering the weather was pretty decent. Um, there were some storms. Uh, we got some showers off and on through the night, uh, but mostly there was a, a bright full moon. Jupiter was sh shining up overhead. It was uh, really pretty nice, and um, but only about 324 finishers and. and you know, I was looking at Athlinks. Uh, their their reporting was, was pretty screwy. I know it's kind of tough when they're trying to get updates from out in the wilderness, basically, in a lot of cases. Uh, from what I heard out at Winfield, it was the first time they're actually getting live tracking. But the way it was done is they were basically 
uploading everything to a thumb drive and loading. I don't know. The whole thing was very weird how they were doing it, but uh, it was spotty at times. Um, but, but nevertheless, Athlinks shows only like 60 women out of the 324 finishers uh, finishing the race. So um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's correct, but that would be just a, a shockingly no, low number of, of female finishers there. But I do want to give my congratulations to all the finishers. It seems over the years with a low finishing rate there that it is getting to be almost a harder and harder race to finish and seems even more unbelievable to me that I have finished it four times. And uh, just, like I say, incredible admiration for all of those who do finish it because it is such an incredibly tough task to take on. The Leadville 100, you you truly have to dig deep to to finish a race that has uh, that amount of a challenge to it and uh, just it's 100 miles no matter how you cut it 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 is tough so my congratulations goes out to all Um, any case uh, yeah just saw so many great things I was working out at Winfield at the 50 mile aid station Uh, uh, that's where you do see a lot of carnage because that's where people have just come over Hope Pass and a lot of people of course um, having to go back up over there and for the first time this year there were no pacers at Winfield. Uh, the Pacers could only start at Twin Lakes at mile 62. And so um, I, I actually heard a lot of positive comments about that. And, um, you know, there's so much less congestion. I know that was a problem even back in 2010 at the time. I swore I was never going to run Leadville again because it had just gotten way too crowded on Hope Pass. You've got a, a narrow single track trail, rocky in places, and then you've got, you know, runners and pacers going both directions. It was not both directions, but at least in one direction, you had pacers and runners coming the other way. And it was just too much. People were literally bumping you off the trail at times because uh, I think they were just frustrated with having to move over so often. So I heard positives about not having pacers from uh, basically uh, Winfield to Twin Lakes coming in. I understand the Forest Service has decided that's going to be a permanent change, by the way. So there's a little inside info for you. Um, I, I think they, they've decided it's just too much wear and tear on the trail going over Hope Pass. And, of course, Hope Pass is, is beautiful. Uh, you don't get to appreciate the beauty sometimes, but it, it's so cool when you crest it coming back in. You see the view back towards Leadville. You can see the Hopeless Aid Station down below and all the llamas down there that have brought all the gear up there. So, um, you know, if there's something that can be done to preserve that trail, I, I, I think I'm in favor of it. But, um, uh, like I say, saw a lot of... Uh, a lot of people coming through Winfield, uh, in some in good shape, some in bad shape. But uh, the, the race definitely took its toll on some people. Uh, a good friend of mine, Tyler Andrews, um, came in from uh, – he'd been training all summer in Peru and Ecuador, a very high altitude. He actually came down to Leadville and had high hopes, uh, even though this was his first crack at Leadville. In fact, first crack at a 100-miler and first crack even at a trail race. So, uh, But he was feeling really good. He had, he'd been in Leadville for two or three weeks before and had run on the trails. So – Knew it pretty well. He actually was in first place at times during the race. He was in the top four, actually, all the way uh, through Twin Lakes inbound. And um, and then just the wheels fell off pretty hard on Tyler. It was uh, pretty rough when he finished. He, he was in a lot of pain. He'd gotten to Winfield in seven hours and 50 minutes and ended up finishing in 21 hours and 34 minutes. So that's what, about almost 14 hours to come back after going out in 7.50. And he ended up finishing 16th, which is, uh, you know, still uh, a lot of us would be very happy with, but that's a tough way to run your uh, 16th place 21-hour uh, run. So, uh, you know, kudos for to Tyler for, for uh, 
sticking in there. You know, I know there are a lot of uh, top runners who would have quit when the wheels fell off, but he, he stuck in there really well. Um, another friend of mine, uh, Don Reichelt, who uh, lives in Fairplay, he lives up at 9,900 feet over there. Um, he was fourth early on in the race, and he uh, kind of fell apart a little bit. Uh, 22nd uh, by the time he had outward bound coming in and actually ended up in the hospital after that. And I know he attributed a lot of his issues to having just trained so much in the wildfire smoke that's been out here in Colorado lately. And it just really affected his lungs really badly. So I feel bad for Don because I know he had really high hopes there. And, you know, I had some other friends, uh, Mitch Dulloch and uh, Scott Sneller, I saw, who uh, both of them ended up uh, not being able to finish that the, the toll took took it to him. Um, you know, one guy notably, I, I, I was really interested by early in the race, I met him at Winfield, a guy named Michael Mitchell. He was a 22-year-old from Minnesota, and uh, he actually was in the lead of the race at one point. He, I think he was second at May Queen going out. I mean, he was flying. He was like sub-eight-minute pace, I think, uh, going into May Queen, and um, he, he, he was flying. And I uh, chatted with him, really nice young man. He had run for... Um, Oh gosh, he ran for Lehigh University. That's right, back in Pennsylvania. So I was kind of familiar with with that area, having gone to college in Pennsylvania myself. But he got to Winfield in eight fifty seven, and um, ended up I think uh, twenty six forty two was his time. So uh, poor young man. He spent uh, what is it like eighteen hours coming back from Winfield after getting there in eight fifty seven. So that course will chew you up, um, but. Uh, we did our best out there in Winfield, uh, keeping people going there. Uh, Gary Stott was out there with me, along with my friend Julie White and about three dozen other volunteers. Uh, the aid station is run by a couple great folks, Diana Finkel and uh, Ben. Um, gosh, spacing out Ben's last name there. They've been the captains of that aid station for a long time and just a great time. You know, A lot of like-minded people out there helping the runners and uh, certainly an awful lot of fun. It's Starts off kind of with a dribble and then, man, it gets crazy between, between about 4 and 6 p.m., uh, all the runners coming in, and and then of course that's when you have the ones who are hurting the most. And one person I I definitely want to give kudos to, who I've gotten to know pretty well over the years, of sorts, is uh, Sandy, the cutoff lady. Um, Sandy has the toughest job out there. You know, most people want to get to the finish line and they want to get their hug from Marilee. Uh, and I'll talk about Marilee and Ken here shortly, but uh, Sandy is the one you don't want to get the hug from, but she does such a great job of telling people they're cut off from the race, and she's uh, kind of recruited me to help her out at Winfield every year because she followed me the whole way in in 2015 when I was within four minutes of the cutoff, all the way from Twin Lakes up to the finish line. So got to know Sandy all too well. She's just such a kind-hearted person with the toughest job in Leadville. Uh, she and uh, I think it's her husband, Mike, are, are out there and cutting the wristbands off of uh, runners when uh, they've missed the cutoff. In this case, it was 6 p.m. at Winfield, and it, it's such a tough thing because you see people uh, you know, break down in tears. Some people are some people are grateful. They, they, they know it's over. Um, but uh, Sandy's just a wonderful human being and has such a tough job, so I, I have to take my hat off to her. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned before I was talking about – uh, Ken and Marilee, um, you know, my, my hat was, my hats are off to Cole Clober as well, because he had to step into the void there. Um, Cole, or Ken, as you may have heard, had some blood clot issues in his lungs and uh, had to go to a hospital in, in Denver, uh, basically get to lower elevation and wasn't able to be there for either the mountain bike race last week or uh, for the, the running race here this weekend. And of course, you know, they're the heart and soul of the race. And so, it's tough for uh, them not to be there, especially after last year when we had COVID and, you know, the whole series was gone. So, uh, you know, it was great to see them during the earlier races in the series, but uh, they, they were piped into the athlete meeting by Zoom 
on a Friday at Lake County High School. And um, but you know it's tough for their uh, for them. I'm sure not to be there. But um, Cole filled in a- admirably. I know that was tough to to shoulder all that, but he does a great great job with that. So. Um, out at uh, Winfield, I was going to mention you know, quite a few people I, I met out there. Um, you know, you see uh, j- just some of the amazing athletes come through there. Um, you know, Annie Hughes was the first female finisher. Uh, she's a Leadville local. She actually runs the Leadville Racery store, and uh, she was just flying. She had a huge lead coming through Winfield, barely stopped. She was in and out of there in no time. And uh, she actually ended up winning by almost exactly an hour. She went through Winfield in 922, finished the race in 2106. And like I say, just exactly an hour ahead of the second place finisher there. So, uh, you know, fantastic job there. Um, I got to uh, meet Robbie Ballinger over there. And I'll tell you what, Robbie, I'd, I'd never met him before. What a super nice guy. He, he took his time to talk to people. And this is a guy, if you haven't followed him this year, it, it's pretty incredible. He... Um, he ran the entire Colorado Trail, which is, I don't know, 500-some-odd miles from southwest Denver, basically out to Durango, and um, obviously over mountain passes, Continental Divide, it's not an easy run by, by any means. And uh, he did the entire uh, Colorado Trail. He summited all of the Colorado 14ers. Um, he says he, he did 58 of them. There's, there's some dispute. I've always considered them there to be 54, but there are some mountains that, because of the uh, height of the shoulders between mountains, sometimes people count 58. So Robbie did all 58 14ers, and he did the entire Leadville Race Series. So, um, you know, talk about having just a little bit of energy uh, uh, this summer. So, you know, make makes all of us feel very lazy. But uh, Robbie finished in 27 hours and something, I believe. He had Hella Sadipe, who I've talked about a little bit before, as his pacer for part of his run. Um, Hella was the uh, first black man to run across the country. Uh, really positive, motivational person. So if you ever get a chance to uh, follow him on Instagram or anywhere, definitely do. But uh, it was cool to meet Robbie. He he was very cool. Uh, I even got to meet the um, the person who succeeded me, so to speak, as the last ass uh, in 2016. I was the last ass in 2015. And um, this, this that is the award given to the last finisher of the race. Uh, instant celebrity. It's uh, I highly recommend it to everybody. It was pretty funny. I finished in uh, 29.57.53 or something like that. And um, this year's last ass, by the way, was uh, uh, Cole Knudsen from uh, Bozeman, Montana. She finished in 29.57.39. It was actually a tight race. I, I don't know if the guy who barely beat her out realized it, but if I were him, I would have put on a negative kick and uh, fallen behind her so he could be the last ass. He didn't Probably didn't know about how cool it is to be the last ass, but um, in any case, uh, congrats to her and all the other uh, 321 finishers that were there. A um, few other notables I wanted to mention out there. Obviously, the, the winner of the race was uh, men's race was Adrian McDonald, who I honestly don't know a lot about this guy. He's from Fort Collins, Colorado. He's he's won a few races out here. Um, I don't know if he's run Leadville before. I don't think he has. But um, he finished in 16.18, uh, averages 9.45 per mile, which is uh, pretty pretty amazing. Uh, about a half hour behind Matt Carpenter's record, which has been untouched for a long time. But nevertheless, 9.45 is really impressive. He came through uh, Twin Lakes at 7.49. And so what is that, about eight, eight and a half hours to get back. So that, that is a very nice, consistent pace that he ran. Um, Matt Flaherty, uh, a runner from uh, Indiana in the Midwest, um, he was second. And then um, Anton Krupichko was third, uh, a guy who's been around the Colorado and, well, all over uh, the ultra-running scene for quite a while, uh, renowned for running uh, all sorts of rotten weather with no shirt on. 
and uh, being a, uh, a minimalist, uh, you might say, uh, just been around for a long time. I think he's about 38 years old now. Uh, he made a comeback, if you would. He hasn't been around in a couple of years running ultras, I think. And he came in third and, uh, and also... Um, Ian Sharman came in fourth place. He's a multiple time winner of the Leadville 100. And, uh, uh, he was actually the winner of the year. I uh, was the last ass and I got to go up on stage with him. And, um, so, you know, he, he came in fourth place. Uh, a few other real notables though, that, uh, I, I thought was pretty amazing. One was, uh, Rodrigo Jimenez. He, uh, was, uh, I don't know what they called him, but basically, uh, he was one of the lead men, but he, he started the race, uh, on Sunday, on Saturday, two and a half hours after everybody else. And he was raising money for the Leadville Tra- Legacy, the Leadville Trail Legacy Foundation, I, I believe they call it. I may have that a little bit inaccurate, but um, the idea was he was going to earn money for every runner he passed in the race, starting two and a half hours after everybody else. And in the end, he passed something like 600 runners. So he's raised a whole lot for the Legacy Foundation and a legacy foundation. And, um, he finished, uh, I think 19 hours and 30 minutes. I think he was actually like the fifth or sixth overall finisher. You just going by uh, chip time basically. And he was the second overall lead man finisher. He was behind, um, Marvin Sandoval, who, uh, was uh, fifth overall. Uh, he was the first lead man. I mean, talk about incredible. He did all the races and was fifth overall in the Leadville 100 in uh, 1850. So, um, he, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty, pretty remarkable feat right there, basically running by himself or, you know, basically overtaking everybody throughout the race. So, uh, very cool, notable performance out there. So, um, just, just overall, like I say, the, the Leadville 100 is, uh, the Leadville is just a magical place. I do plan to run it in 2022. I, I deferred my entry from last year to uh, next year. Hopefully I'll be fully healthy by then. And, uh, you know, definitely, gets the, uh, the the juices running a little bit when you see everybody coming in. And, uh, you know, especially when you see the golden hour, which is more likely when I'll be finishing. It was uh, pretty much mayhem from what I could see. Uh, people coming in, just, you know, tons of people coming in that last hour, between 29 and 30 hours after the race started. And uh, just another little inside clue here I was, I'm going to pass along here is uh, I've heard some stories. Uh, nothing confirms here, but that they may be lengthening the cutoff to the Leadville 100. Um, you know, part of the problem here, as I mentioned, you had 324 finishers out of 800. So that's a, a very low finishing rate, really, for a, a, a big race, uh, you know, obviously much less than 50%. So there has been some thought about extending the final cutoff so that there is uh, maybe more of a higher finishing rate there. Um, you know, traditionally, the finishing rate for the race has been uh, 48 to 50%. There have been a few years lower when the weather's been real bad, but, um, uh, you know, I, I think because ultra running has become more of a, a populist sport, if you would, uh, when I first ran Leadville, uh, as you may have heard in a previous episode, I recorded with Cole Clover back when I ran it in 92, there were only 175 of us on the line. And um, even for many years, the limit for the race was 350. And of course, as I mentioned, they had 800 probably towing the line this past Saturday. And, you know, a lot more people have gotten into ultra running. There were 30 uh, hundred milers in the country back in 92, Cole pointed out. And now there's something like 180 to 200 hundred milers out there. So the race has become more popular, more, more and more people are getting involved, which is great. Uh, I definitely see a lot more younger runners. Um, you, you never saw... Uh, finishers uh, 
below their you know, mid-20s before. And it has always been the realm of people in their mid-30s to 40s and, and older even. But more and more, you see uh, you know, 20-somethings, people want to challenge themselves more. So it's great. So there is talk about maybe extending that uh, cutoff time. But that is uh, TBD and not, not for uh, myself or uh, you know, that'll be for the uh, committee here to uh, decide here. So, um, but you know, great day up in Leadville, and uh, highly encourage you if you feel motivated. Uh, it's, it's a great race to train for, or if nothing else, get up there and watch the race. You will be awed by the efforts that people put in. I mean, everybody there, I think, has a story. Um, everybody um, is achieving something that really seems unreal. Um, I had a runner. Uh, who I coach, who unfortunately didn't get through. Uh, just it was an unlucky day for her. She'd gotten sick earlier in the week, and uh, you know you never know what happens on race day. Uh, you can have a, a good day, or you know the wheels can fall off, as I mentioned for many people. But a lot of people had a great day. But um, you know, David and I talked a lot about how when you stand at the starting line of a hundred mile race, whether it's Leadville or somewhere else, you say say to yourself, "How is this humanly possible? This makes no sense. So you, you can't run a hundred miles. This is nuts." But like anything in life, any project, uh, you just start. And basically, you start clicking off, and initially, maybe from the start to the next aid station, and then to the next aid station. As things get tougher, maybe the next mile, maybe even just put one foot in front of the other. But you can get to the end of 100 miles if you just keep moving. Uh, my mantra all the time in races is RFM. I'll, I'll loan that out to you. You can use it. It, it stands for Relentless Forward Motion. And um, just keep moving. And to me, it's always be positive, too. I gave out a ton of my be positive bracelets to people uh, at the at Winfield, just, you know, encouraging people or people had good attitudes. Uh, the attitude makes such a difference out there. So um, it's something you can do. Uh, you've got a year now. Uh, obviously, the lottery will be coming up this winter. It doesn't have to be Leadville. You could go challenge yourself with some other race. Uh, let me know if you'd like some help. I'm always happy to see if, to uh, see if I can't help you achieve some of those lofty, um, audacious goals, as I call them. So lo- love to see you achieve whatever you've had in your heart here to, to transform your life and accomplish something you never thought was possible. So thank you very much again for listening to the We Are Superman podcast. I really appreciate it. It's uh, been a long journey since I took this over from David. I get a lot of compliments from people from all sorts of random places, people telling me that it means a lot to them to have this podcast out there still. And we'll be going back, of course, to having guests on and um, you know, people who continue to motivate you. So if you do enjoy the podcast, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends or on social media. And please take a minute. Give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. And these five-star ratings really do help us. And the We Are Superman podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Apple, Spotify, and many, many other platforms out there. So please drop me a note, though. I love to hear from you. Love to hear what you think of the Wasp. And obviously, I would love to keep providing content that's meaningful to you. If you have guest ideas, Mm -hmm. too, please let me know. I'm always looking for new people who have accomplished a transformation, accomplished an audacious goal. Love to get them out there and share those stories with all of you out there. And last thing, as always, 
Uh, this Delta variant's getting really scary. I've really enjoyed being at races this summer and going to ball games and just, you know, we're coming to the indoors. I know I'm going to be going to a lot of University of Denver hockey games indoors, which means I just don't want to see restrictions coming back uh, for everybody's sake. I don't want to see people's health compromised. Uh, I, I was uh, kind of distressed to hear the other day that the United States is up over a thousand deaths a day from this coronavirus. So uh, please get vaccinated. It's uh, it's important. It's teamwork. It's, it's all of us pulling together. Like in Leadville, I saw all those crews pulling together to get their runners across the finish line. Let's all pull together like a, a Leadville or an ultramarathon crew, and let's get across the finish line and put this coronavirus to bed once and for all. So until next time, always be positive. Positive.